Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Thrivingly podcast. Today is October 10th, 2022, and we are celebrating World Mental Health Day. If you're not familiar with what World Mental Health Day is, it is an international holiday for global mental health education, awareness, and advocacy against social stigma. It was first celebrated in 1992 at the initiative of the World Federation for Mental Health, a global mental health organization with members and contacts in more than 150 countries. This day, each October, thousands of supporters come to celebrate this annual awareness program to bring attention to mental illness and its major effects on people's lives worldwide. So yeah, I believe mental health is a critical aspect to live thrivingly and should always be paid attention to even if you haven't really struggled with something that has been really traumatic in your life, either you know internally or within your family or your friend group. But it should just be top of mind, even if you haven't, because there is many things you can do to maintain the level of mental health you have and also tools you can build for if you ever find yourself down the road in a mental health crisis that you can navigate it with much more ease. So in theory, I kind of like to talk about mental health in a way that is not necessarily connected to the the social stigmas, right? Like I believe, you know, when, when someone says mental health disorder, it immediately you know, triggers kind of a fear within us as humans as like, oh no, like I don't want to be, you know, labeled with this disorder or this disease um, because then you start to identify with it. You know, it becomes you. I, you know, I am depressed instead of um, saying I feel depressed, you know, because a lot of the, the manifestations of mental illness you know, show up as symptoms. Um, and these are feelings. These are, these are short-term things. These are not with us for the long haul. But I think a big problem with the way society views them and the way that we try to treat them oftentimes is in a way that it makes it feel like, hey, this is with me for the rest of my life. And, and I don't know if it's ever going to get any better. So, you know, if that is you, or you have found yourself in that place, you know, just know that, hey, this is a feeling, but it's also an uphill battle and a long-term game. I saw a quote by Mel Edwards one time, and it said, defeating depression is like playing the carnival game whack-a-mole. You have to give it your all and be on target to beat that sucker down when it pops up again and again. If you pay attention, learn from your past efforts, and keep at it, you can win. I really like that quote because it really highlights that, hey, this this is a long-term game. This is not something that can be fixed overnight, and it's going to take a little bit of effort and, and research, and uh, you're going to have to have the, the right support around you and the willingness to use that support network that's around you instead of just internalizing these these feelings that you may be having. So in October of 2020, that's when I really went through one of the hardest parts of my life and it stemmed from a breakup with my ex-girlfriend 
And the moment that happened, it just really broke me down. It, it shattered my ego. It, it put me in a really dark place and my mental health just went in the gutter. It was so hard to focus and concentrate through school. I didn't have much purpose in it. I, I was just all over the place. I just, I got through, but at that moment, I mean, I did not know what was going on and I was, I was scared. I felt scared, you know, and I didn't necessarily know who to go to. You know, I didn't want to tell my parents yet. I didn't want to tell my friends. I didn't have a support network yet. And mainly because I was scared of what others might think of me when I say, hey, you know, I'm not doing so good mentally. And this is a huge struggle. And this is a lot of the mission behind the Mental Health World Awareness Day is that, you know, we need to be open and, and safe to have these conversations with our with someone that supports us in our lives you know it could be a parent it could be a friend it could be a teacher it could be some just someone you trust you know um, a grandparent uh, just anyone that you can confide in and really trust you know oftentimes it's so hard to have the conversation but once you have it you feel like a weight is just lifted off your shoulders and you know, you may cry a little bit and maybe you hug and or you share some intimate touch. And that's that's good because this is this is the start of the process of working through the emotions that are coming up that are that are causing um, the mental health um, symptom. You know, you look at the ways that Native Americans used to handle, you know, mental health or, you know, indigenous tribes of any culture. You know, they, their viewpoint on anything that is happening on in the mind is mainly an imbalance within of mind, body, or spirit, mainly spirit. There's, there's something off, you know, something's out of balance, but it can always be fine-tuned. You know, in traditional Chinese medicine, this would be viewed as your, your chi and your, your life force energy that flows through the meridians in your body and, and how it may get blocked in different different parts may may not be running smoothly so it manifests in a symptom and sometimes these can be physical and sometimes these can be you know mental and when they used to approach these illnesses you know the native tribes really use they mainly go to a natural approach uh, through plant medicines or um, entheogenic medicines either plant and or animal and and that was their way of treating these, but not just that, you know, they had, they had sacred prayer and ceremony and vision quests, and they would have all these modalities for helping the individual that is suffering from this current condition that they understood how they could help this individual out of that. And actually, I was reading in Pathways of Bliss by Joseph Campbell recently that you know, many of these individuals, especially younger, when they had these mental health issues and, you know, maybe ended up in a state of psychosis for some time, these were often the most powerful healers. And they began, they became um, initiated shamans, you know, through their mental health process was actually kind of a birth into who they were really supposed to become. And that kind of leads me into my next thought is that 
when I went through my mental health crisis right in the beginning, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is something I have to live with my whole life. Like, and I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do. And why is this happening to me? Right. I was a victim. Why is this happening to me? Eventually, I realized that this depression was actually a catalyst or a call to action, a call to adventure to explore more about the human body, the human mind, and the human experience in general. You know, rather than just becoming a victim and trying to suppress symptoms through just a, you know, pharmacological route, just, you know, taking a pharmaceutical medication and Hey, nothing wrong. If you are one that takes those, that is perfectly fine. And oftentimes utilizing those with some of the other modalities that I'll talk about within this podcast could be extremely beneficial. But I think we could all agree that the long-term place we would like to arrive at is a place where we wouldn't have to use those medications, especially because they have a lot of symptoms that may not be very good um, for us in the long term. So, so again, if you're taking those, hey, that's perfectly okay. There's no shame in that. I want to make sure you feel okay about that because that's your choice. And, you know, but I just want to present some other ways of thinking about mental health and some alternative, you know, routes that we could go to help us uh, approach the symptoms of these mental health crises. when I was really going through it, I really started finding quotes and affirmations and mantras that really helped me get through some of my hardest days. And, you know, I love, I love this one by Alyana Parveen, which is, you are not meant to avoid the darkness. You are meant to go into it, feed it love, illuminate it and transform it into light. Only love has the power to heal the darkness within you. Another quote is, the universe isolates you so you can find your soul's purpose. It may seem like you've lost friendships and relationships, but finding your path, passion, and purpose in life is worth more. For where your soul is, there you will find your treasure. And, you know, I I accumulated a good amount of these quotes and different affirmations and mantras that kind of led me through the day sometimes because it really made me think, hey, I'm not the only one in this place and there has been many before me that have been in my shoes with where I'm at. You know, oftentimes you do feel, feel very isolated. You feel weird. You feel different. You feel alienated from your friends, your family and society. Maybe they don't necessarily understand where you're coming from and, and you wish they could, and maybe they could be of more support to you. Um, but also, if you're in that place and you haven't reached out and had the conversation or really, you know, made it known to some people in your life that you're in that place, I highly recommend that you have the conversation. You know, there's nothing to be scared about. It can only get better. Oftentimes we we keep these emotions inside of us and we internalize them. And this is really what leads to a lot of um, mental and physical and emotional discomfort. And, you know, if we can get them out through words to someone that cares about us, like, it can really help begin the healing process and also is extremely beneficial during the healing process. So to kind of switch gears and get into some of the practical ways that we can approach mental health for those that 
may be struggling with some mental health symptoms or those that aren't. You know, these are still great practices to use in your daily life. And again, these are, you know, really practices that I really embrace for live thrivingly, um, for living a holistic lifestyle. You know, even if you're not feeling any of these mental health symptoms, it's always good to practice these things and prepare for a time in your life where that you may go through something challenging and you need something to really ground you and um, bring you mental clarity and, and soundness and, and calm your nervous system down. So I think first off, the most practical advice would be to just talk about it, just get it out. And if you can't talk about it, then write it down somewhere. Put it on a document on your computer. Put it on a piece of paper. Buy a journal. I highly recommend buying a journal. I think I've filled up like six or seven journals since the beginning of my mental health crisis. And there's nothing more powerful than just putting your thoughts on paper and then being able to go back and kind of see the phases that you were going through and, and realize that, you know, this is all a feeling and a manifested symptom. So this is not a permanent state. And, you know, don't say things like, I, I am depressed or I am sad or I'll never be happy again or this and that because that is not true. It's not true. That's a fear-based thought. And I want you to liberate that and overcome that and realize that the, this place you may be in is actually the path to discovery. It's, it's leading you to something even more beautiful than the life you were living. Because for me, it completely uprooted the majority of my life and everything I thought and what people might have thought of me at the time. And it really led me to, to really understand that I have to speak my truth and I have to speak about my emotions and I have to be vulnerable. And overall, it really brought me to a place of a lot of humility and realizing that, you know, I may have looked down upon people with mental health illnesses or um, just in general, any kind of illness I really have a lot more respect and my heart goes out to any of those suffering in those places because I didn't know what that was like until I experienced it. And it is not a fun place, but it gets better. Trust that it gets better and you will find the practices and the healing that you need. Just trust in whatever that may be, you know, trust in God, the universe, your soul, the light within whatever you want to call it, there is, there is something greater than us out there and trust in that and that it will heal you, you know, in this unconditional love, allow it to flow through your body. And this will be very powerful for liberating you from a lot of these things. Um, so yeah, so talking about it with someone that you can trust and can support you. If you can't do that, you know, whether you need to find someone in your life, like potentially like a therapist or something like that. I know there's some great companies online that also offer um, therapy through Zoom and Google Meet and things like that. Um, so you don't have to go to a physical destination. Uh, but yeah, so therapy has been another amazing one that I kind of went to and, you know, find a therapist you resonate with and that you can, you know, really open up to. And, and maybe the first few sessions are kind of hard to open up. I know these are not easy things to feel. I did not want to encounter these fears and this darkness within me. I, I, I've ran from it even my whole life. So, so when in 2020, when, when everything hit the fan, 
like I just I just started getting to deal with all of this stuff I had swept away just swept it under the rug and now it's like hey Jackson you get to deal with all of this stuff now and, and feel through it and work it out and get it out of your system because we we absorb these emotions throughout our lives as energy and we store it in our body and we, we have to work through these things to liberate ourselves and they can weigh us down physically and they can cause physical pain and emotional discomfort and also mental. I mean, it's, it all works together and it's, it's all about how powerful, you know, the symptom is in our body dependent on what we're going through. So journaling, therapy, talking about it to somebody, um, another area that I really found that I love so much and has become a dedicated practice of mine is yoga and meditation. Uh, I know numerous yogis that have come to yoga for the same reason as me, mainly from mental health symptoms. And they even had therapists recommend that they go. And they thought at first, I just want a pill, you know, just fix me, just put me back together. I don't want to put any effort in. Just please, you know, let me get back to the life I was living. Just give me the pill. It'll be okay. But, you know, the therapist was adamant, you know, go, go to, go to yoga and try some mindfulness meditation and tell me how you feel. So eventually this individual I'm speaking about, she, she attended a yoga class and for about three seconds, she, she felt a liberation and, and a weight lifted off her shoulders, uh, a lightness within her body. And, you know, a clarity within her mind. And that was only three seconds, but she was like, wow, okay, there's something here. It took her about a year though, after that therapist telling her that for her to finally go to a class. So again, there is so much more power in a yoga practice than the physical. I think it's very important to know that and, and go experience it for yourself. Get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And also you'll find a lot of amazing individuals that may have been in your shoes, are in your shoes, or have been through that, that can really support you and become a community for you during this time. So definitely check out a yoga practice, whether that's in a studio or on YouTube. The, the first person I found on YouTube was Yoga with Adrian. She really has a lot of amazing videos and yoga for so many different things. She's really awesome and she's a very caring soul and super relaxing and you just feel comfortable. Like I feel like I know her, but I've never met her, but she's on my screen and her dog Benji is just so cool. And it was something that started really melting away a lot of tension and giving me the ground I need every day. I think that's another important thing during, you know, these mental health symptoms that we go through is, is grounding, you know, whether that's actually physically grounding on the earth through like an earthing practice, taking off your shoes and walking outside and um, putting your feet on the grass or in the water. You know, there's actually a lot of scientific research been done on that and how it actually really can free up energy within our body and really ground us down because we are from the earth at the end of the day and we are biological beings. So reconnecting with nature, whether that be grounding or not, or just going out for a walk in nature, go on a walk, go on a walk in the park, go on a hike, uh, walk down the street, walk your dog, play with your dogs, your animals, any natural connection you can get to the earth and to its animals is, is amazing during these times too. And will be very comforting for you 
and their energy is here to help you through this process. What else? I think that another area that I really liked was herbology and like traditional Chinese medicine type things. So, I mean, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and went into a lot of different things, but I'm kind of bringing up some of the ones I think are most influential on top of mind. And that would be things like ginger and turmeric for their anti-inflammatory properties. Because a lot of times when we have these mental health symptoms, we don't ever really think about what may be going on in our gut or in our body in general. And consuming adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms, um, and these are non-hallucinogenic mushrooms that really have a lot of psychoactive compounds, though, that can really help you battle certain things your body or mind may be going through. So I found a company called Lifecycle that has some awesome um, liquid tinctures of different mushrooms. And I think the biggest one that was that I started using was lion's mane just to kind of help me with mental clarity, focus. And it's also, um, you know, scientifically kind of researched to help ease anxiety and depressive symptoms. So that's one, but the ginger and turmeric as well as an anti-inflammatory because what we eat and what we put in our body and just our day-to-day lives the stress and all that cause inflammation in our body and in our cells. So by help, by consuming an adaptogenic herb and the word adaptogen, you know, is adapt. So helping your body adapt. So consuming these, these natural herbs and stuff, this food from the earth, you know, actually utilizing food as medicine instead of pharma pharmaceutical medicine is actually even more powerful and influential for your healing. So you know, consuming these things and starting to notice kind of what they're doing. I, I really started making a ginger and turmeric tea every morning and it started easing some of the inflammation in my body and my my mental clarity came back and, and my mind settled down a little bit because this is going to address all parts of the body and it really will start working on the area that has the most inflammation first and it'll help you start adapting. And over time, the more of these you put in your system, the more benefits you should see from them. So just keeping that in your system. Uh, there's a couple different products I use as well. Like if you don't buy raw forms of ginger and turmeric, like at the grocery store, uh, there's a company called Organifi that has a great nighttime um, powder called Gold, and it has ginger and turmeric in it. And there is actually a ton of more products out on the market these days that have these but these are very helpful tools during um, your mental health battle. I think the last point I really want to touch on is diet. Probably the most important one I have found and has been influential in me since I've been tweaking it. There's actually certain astrological types or, you know, depending on your birth and depending on your personality and there's different things that equate to you know whether you're you have a sensitive gut or not and for mine in particular as a Virgo and just my personality in general I have a very sensitive gut and that has really hurt hurt me immune wise but also mentally and I didn't notice that you know when I was younger I would eat whatever I wanted to and 
I would feel fine. But then when I started like feeling out of whack and kind of when my mental health episode started, it was like, whoa, like if I ate sugar, like I would be completely ungrounded. I would feel horrible. I would have dark thoughts. I couldn't like ground myself. But then, so what I realized is I cut sugar out. I cut, you know, fast food out. You don't have to cut it out completely, but just eat it less. I think the first thing you look at with diet is what can I cut out? Learn about the good oils and the bad oils that you should remove. If you have vegetable oil, canola oil, peanut oil, cottonseed oil in your home right now, throw those out. Exchange it for um, grass-fed butter or extra virgin olive oil or coconut oil uh, or avocado oil. So all those are the oils I go with. And those oils are actually really powerful for brain health overall. And we'll dive into that in another episode sometime. But these oils and natural fats are really good for brain health, um, as well as just a good way to cook as an alternative to the toxic and um, rather manipulated oils that we traditionally use in this society. So getting those things out, you know, learning what to cut out uh, is, is a great first step. And then, okay, what do I add in? I add in the adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms, and there's a lot more of those than I've mentioned. And you can research into that in your own time if you'd like, but it's adding, you know, some dark leafy greens in there, some blueberries, uh, dark chocolate for some of the active properties in that like theobromine and adenonide that are actually going to be um, endocannabinoids that help you uh, with fight anxiety and depression and actually release um, bliss chemicals in your brain that help you feel better. That's why we get a boost when we eat chocolate. But the problem with regular chocolate is it has a lot of sugar in it um, and usually like milk and stuff. So, you know, a real raw form of dark chocolate as as high as you can go, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100. I eat 100 now, but I know that can be really bitter for some people at first, but it really has become a quite a nice treat. And I don't feel bad about it because I know that it's really good for my brain. So Jim Quick has 10 brain foods he really recommends in his book, Limitless. I'd also recommend that book as an amazing read. I kind of found that when I started going through uh, the initial phases of like a depression and it really opened my eyes to what the human mind is capable of and also how to effectively treat my own brain in the best way I can without having to even go to a doctor and learn about it. Like it gives you practical advice for how to actually learn about your brain and how you can treat it right so that not only can it work better for you, it can also really help you curb some of these mental health symptoms. So diet, yeah, there's the last part of the diet is that it's really important to understand the gut-brain axis and how there's a nerve that runs from the base of your base of your brain and your skull, like the back of your neck, down to your gut. And this is the vagus nerve. And this is actually your your gut has more neurons than your brain. And the problem is all this food we eat in our modern society and stuff is inflaming our gut all the time. And especially the glyphosate that has been put into all of the agri a lot of the agriculture across the world um, for veggies and fruits additionally, and it's gotten in our water supply. So glyphosate has destroyed the cellular bonds that we need to really absorb the nutrition and the, the, the good stuff of these foods to communicate 
to not only fuel our bodies, but to fuel our brains and really allow us to uh, live like grounded. So when we have a gut that's inflamed and all these cells are not connected and their barriers are weak because of the food we eat, this is going to cause a lot of mental health disturbance because of that brain gut access. But when we start eating healthier and we start cutting some of the bad stuff out, we can start rebuilding this, this gut health, this microbiome health, and we'll immediately see the benefits in our brain and in our mood. The, a lot of times when I was eating unhealthy, right, when I kind of fell into the depression, it was like I would just feel so awful anytime I ate anything bad. But when I started eating good things and healthy things and drinking more water and learning about how to treat my brain correctly, it re I really started to see a boost in my overall mood and mental clarity. It was awesome. So the gut is a great place to look into. And again, these are all alternatives to taking pharmaceutical medication. You know, it's okay if you want to take those, but it really led me to, to, to explore all these alternative routes. And there's so many more we can dive into, and we'll really unpack some more of those through further episodes. But uh, I just wanted to provide to y'all a few, you know, practical things you could do for your mental health, for the World National Mental Health Day. And I hope that all of you out there can see uh, some of the benefits of taking care of your mental health now if you might not have gone through something um, mentally and also that you can you know open your hearts and your minds to those that may be in those places and and even maybe asking the question and helping them out I know sometimes it can be really hard for them to ask and it may be really beneficial um, for them if you open up and just ask them about it in a very non-intrusive way um, I know that doesn't always work, but sometimes it could really be beneficial for that under an other individual and just understand that this is not a disorder and this is not something that has to be permanent. You know, this is a temporary um, feeling and experience that is actually probably guiding us to a healthier place in our lives in general. Without my mental health crisis, I would have never discovered all these all, all these alternatives and this new path in my life that's leading to this podcast, Live Thrivingly, and the brand Live Thrivingly. I mean, through this, it was really a catalyst to, to all of the things I'm talking about and so many of the wonderful people I've met from around the world. And uh, it's really invigorating and exciting to, to talk about, even though at one time I was really in the gutter, but it's like we can actually grow through this pain and through this darkness uh, I think there's, you know, a great quote by uh, Alex Carroll. It says, man cannot remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor. Um, I think that's a great quote to just say, you know, hey, part of this feeling you may have within you, the overwhelm, the sadness, the confusion, all those things are guiding you to, to a rebirth, to something you can grow from. So, so view this place more as, hey, it's showing me where I need to go rather than permanently sticking me here. And trust me, my friends, uh, all of you can can get out of this place and actually rise from the ashes. You know, sometimes the fire has to burn the forest before the new growth can really emerge and grow abundantly and, and thrivingly. So 
sometimes we have to go through the fire. You know, uh, a diamond is made from pressure and heat. Remember that. So keep your heads up. Keep your hearts open. Love y'all. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thank y'all and namaste.